Chapter Twenty Five of The Life of Kit Carson by Edward S. Ellis. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Fremont and his command remained at Sutter's Fort about a month when their preparations were completed for their return to the States. They journeyed leisurely up the valley of the San Joaquin, crossing over the Sierra Nevada and Coast Range by means of an easily traveled pass. The latter chain was followed until they came upon the Spanish Trail, along which they passed to the Mojave River. Where the trail diverges from that stream, Carson became involved in a characteristic adventure. While in camp, two Mexicans, a man and a boy, rode up and told a sad story. They belonged to a party of Mexican traders from New Mexico. Six of them, including two women, had acted as cooks, were left in charge of a band of horses while the rest were away, engaged in barter. When endeavoring to find better grazing for their animals, and while the man and the boy were on guard, they were attacked by a band of thirty Indians. The warriors were after the horses, and their first demonstration was a flight of arrows. The only chance of escape was to make off with the animals, and the two started them on a dead run straight toward the Indians. The charge was so impetuous that they forced their way through and continued their flight, while the warriors remained behind to massacre the others. When the couple had gone a long distance, they left the horses and turned back to look for their friends. While they were doing so, they came upon Fremont's camp. When it is added that among those who were left behind by the Mexicans were the wife of the man and the father and mother of the boy, their pitiful situation must touch the hearts of all. They were overcome with grief, and Carson was so stirred that he volunteered to go back with the couple and help rescue their friends, if alive, or punish the Indians if it should prove that they had been massacred. Richard Godet, a mountaineer almost the equal with Carson, willingly agreed to accompany him. The two were perfectly familiar with the country, which was an immense advantage. When the Mexicans described the spring, a long way distant, where they had abandoned the horses to hunt for their friends, Carson recalled its exact location. It was about thirty miles away, and he said that that was the point toward which they must push with all speed. Accordingly, they turned the heads of their horses thither and struck into a sweeping gallop, resting only when compelled to do so, and reaching the spring at daylight the next morning. Not a horse was visible but an examination of the ground showed that the Indians had followed the fleeing Mexicans and stock to the spring, where, finding the animals, they had captured and driven them off in another direction. It seems like a piece of madness for three men to pursue ten times as many Indian warriors. But the blood of Carson was up, and he told Godet it was too soon for them to turn back. The eyes of both flashed when they reflected upon the shameful outrage and they meant that the marauder should not get off scot-free. As the boy was only an encumbrance, he was left behind, and taking the trail of the warriors, the three put their horses to their best, confident the chase would be a long one. On such occasions, the red men are accustomed to travel a long distance before making a halt. With so much booty in their hands, they were liable to be set upon by others, as savage as themselves and they had every cause, therefore, to get out of the country with the least possible delay. The three were riding in this furious fashion, when most unexpectedly the steed of the Mexican gave out. 
a minute's examination showed he was as thoroughly used up and useless as the horse of the ute indian years before who started out with kit to pursue the thief who was running off with the animals there was no course but to leave the mexican behind for time was too precious to ride back to camp after another horse he therefore was told to go back to fremont's camp and await their return the exploit of carson and godet when calmly told seems incredible there was no one in fremont's command who would go with them and though they knew there were a score and a half of savage wild men to encounter they did not hesitate but pressed their steeds to the utmost eager to join in the fierce hand-to-hand -hand conflict when night shut in upon them the indians were not in sight and the signs indicated they were a good many miles ahead there was no moon or stars and they could see only a few feet in advance of their horses ears but it would not do to linger if they should go into camp they would lose so much ground that pursuit was likely to be hopeless accordingly they dismounted and leading their steeds continued the pursuit on foot where it was impossible to see the ground they depended on the sense of feeling quite certain of the general direction taken by the red men they occasionally stooped down and passed their hands over the earth the trail was so distinct that it could be readily detected in this manner provided they had not gone astray several times they wandered to the right or left but found their way back without difficulty and the chase was continued for several hours in this singular fashion after a time the trail became so fresh that it could be readily detected and no doubt was left in their minds that they were close upon the marauders inasmuch as carson and godet had pushed their horses to the utmost and they were showing signs of weariness they concluded in view of these facts to halt and wait until daylight the night was unusually cold but they dared not start a fire lest it should apprise their enemies of their presence so they suffered in silence miserable wretched and as uncomfortable as it was possible to be while waiting for the growing light in the east when at last morning appeared they were so chilled that they could hardly walk but making their way to the bottom of a ravine they kindled a fire and with the help of some violent exercise managed to start their blood in circulation in a very brief time their horses were resaddled and they were galloping along the trail again within an hour they caught sight of the indians and the stolen animals the warriors were in camp and were enjoying a breakfast of horse meat several of the stock having been killed to furnish the food before the indians could detect their pursuers the latter dismounted and hid their steeds where they were not likely to attract notice they then started to crawl in among the stolen animals which were grazing a short distance from camp this was an exceedingly delicate task for the horses were likely to give the alarm even if the warriors did not detect their presence but patience and skill succeeded and after a time they were among the drove but the very thing they dreaded took place they had scarcely reached the animals when one of them became frightened by the appearance of the strangers and began rearing and snorting this caused such confusion among the others that the indians became alarmed and sprang to their feet carson and godet emitted a series of yells that must have made the red men envious and dashed at full speed toward the thirty indians the moment they were within range both fired 
Carson killed his man, but Godet missed. The latter reloaded with great quickness and fired again, bringing down his man. Meanwhile, the warriors were thrown into a sort of panic by the amazing audacity of their assailants. They could not have suspected the truth, that is, that no others were near. They must have believed that a strong reserve was close at hand, and that if they tarried in camp they would be overwhelmed by a party of avengers. Accordingly, they broke and ran, leaving the daring mountaineers masters of the field. In accordance with the savage spirit of the border, Godet scalped the two Indians who had been shot, after which the horses were gathered together and driven to where the steeds of the mountaineers had been left. But when this point was reached, Carson expressed himself as not satisfied. They had not ascertained the fate of the captives, and they now proceeded to do so. In the camp of the Mexicans were found the mangled bodies of the two men. These were buried by Carson and Godet, who made search for the women. Though nothing of them was discovered, it was afterwards learned that they too had been killed. Having done all that was possible, Carson and Godet made their way back to Fremont's camp, where the stolen property was turned over to the Mexicans, the daring mountaineers refusing to accept the slightest payment for their extraordinary services. End of chapter 25